0: This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living, with our first story for today's episode, written by Lindsay Hare, titled A Peacock and Life After Death. This story is about a peacock and life after death. Let's first start with the peacock. A peacock represents self-confidence, self-esteem, dignity, refinement, knowledge, sexuality, pride, and beauty. And according to some myths in lore and legend, the peacock symbol carries omens of nobility, guidance, holiness, watchfulness, and protection. My connection to bird allies, and specifically the peacock, began well before the idea of death and an afterlife crossed my mind. The way I communicate to my spirit guides comes to me through symbols and signs. In meditation, I ask my guides to show me something, usually a sign, a symbol, a person, a word, or an object. This usually comes after a specific question that I ask. Animals were very common for me when in meditation. I love the animal realm and feel a deep affinity to the animal kingdom. This story begins where all other stories begin with a question around a man and if I should keep seeing him. In this sitting, a peacock came to me. It felt intense and strong. I don't really think of peacocks too often, or ever, so it also felt a bit extravagant and odd. Also, when else would I really be seeing a peacock living in a five-story walk-up in South Williamsburg, Brooklyn? So I moved on with my day. The next week I went traveling to Los Angeles for a Grammy week to be with some clients who were performing. The peacock was still on my mind. Also this man was still on my mind and I was just hoping I would stumble upon a peacock. One evening I was going to a Grammy party at the owner of Absolute Elixir's house. I know totally bougie, but I promise it has context while there, wandering room by room through this enormous over the top house. I stumbled into a side room and noticed an extremely weird looking doll on one of the shelves closest to the floor. So I bent down to explore it at a bit more. The psychology behind the owner having this in this extremely fancy room was on my mind. As I was getting up to stand, I turned around and noticed a stuffed taxidermy peacock larger than life. Then I noticed I was standing in an entire room covered in peacocks from the wallpaper to more stuffed peacocks. I felt a sense of joy rush over me. My sign from the universe arrived and I would continue to pine over an asshole because hey, the universe said to follow the signs. This moment was the beginning on a year long connection to the spirit of the peacock. My friend who I was staying in LA gifted me a beautiful card with a peacock dazzled in real jewels at the flea market i found this beautiful peacock print duster and when i came home my then roommate and good friend gifted me a crystal upon arrival i looked it up and what else than a peacock oar? when i tell this story in person it feels like peacock 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 they're just everywhere following me coming to me ever present i was working with my reiki master at that time and during one of our sessions a peacock and eagle came to me What I loved about working with Olivia was that she would always encourage me to work with the spirit and the energy of what comes to me in session. So I did. I painted peacocks, wrote poetry about them, and continued to connect with their grand elegance and spirit. Then the energy shifted. My dad had been sick since the time I left for the college at 18. It was a long battle with Parkinson's, which turned into Lewis body dementia. I was in denial for a very long time, at the idea that my strong father, the one who would play basketball with me, carrying me on his shoulders, run miles every day, get up at 4 a.m. to go to work to provide for his family. He, he was suddenly regressing in mind, body, and spirit. A couple months later, I was at a plant-guided sound meditation in Brooklyn, and it was really wonderful for me at the time. I felt truly in my feminine, like I could hold the weight of the negativity in the room and transform it. That was until after the ceremony when I was speaking to a woman, and death came up. She had shared with me that her grandfather recently passed. I broke. I literally broke down and told her I felt my dad was going to die. She encouraged me that night to go home and write him a letter. So at 4 a.m., I did just that. I wrote him a letter on the Peacock card that was gifted to me months earlier. I told him how much I loved him. I kept it as simple as I could as he, at the time, wasn't fully lucid. But I know he felt the love. I got to see my dad a few more times before that, and then he passed. It came out of nowhere, although he had been sick for a very long time and was in hospice once. But I came home to him, and he got strong again. This time was for real. I flew home from Brooklyn to Florida that same day, almost unable to breathe at the airport broken, heart shattered, shocked, and unable to hold myself in this reality. Grief is a complex and painful emotion. At his funeral, it was raining, so we had to bring the service inside. We arrived earlier, and I sat inside an empty room in front of his casket. A few seats down were two rabbis. I was raised Jewish, and my dad loved to honor his faith and strong Jewish community. It was the rabbis and me just sitting there. They began to speak in Hebrew, and I, of course, didn't understand anything. And then I heard a familiar word. One said to the other, Peacock. The other one replied with some Hebrew and repeated, Peacock. I had to ask them what they were talking about. They shared with me, Well, two peacocks arrived at the cemetery today. They are right outside. My heart almost stopped. I walked outside in a spirit the Divine, my dad, would have it, two peacocks stood in front of me, less than five feet away from where my dad lay, a male and a female peacock. They arrived that day. I felt an instant sense of connection I feel from time to time with the universe, and this time with my dad. This spirit had been visiting me for a year and some time now, completely unconnected and unrelated to this moment. But here we were, two peacocks, me and my transitioning father, I felt held. I felt loved. I felt relief for his spirit and the pain he was no longer in. I feel that had I not had that divine moment in time, yes, I shared this story during my speech that day, and the rabbis called called it a divine message, that I would have been broken. My dad passed a few weeks before I was going down to visit him in June for Father's Day, on June 4th, 2017. So, I was home for a few weeks. I came back to New York around Father's Day that month and felt a call to get my Reiki attunements. It felt like the right, easy, and safe space for me to be in on a day like Father's Day. Well, on the third day of my level two training, we were to pull cards and get attuned. I pulled from a goddess deck and an animal spirit deck, one that I also owned for many years. I pulled the peacock card. The first time in three years from a deck I would draw from every day on Father's Day as the card I would use when going into the room with the Reiki masters to get attuned with. To this day, peacocks follow me. I did my yoga teacher training in Nepal, and peacocks are one of their country symbols. They cover almost every sacred space from ancient history. I like to look to bird allies as little signs from the universe to keep us supported. Peacocks will forever be with me. As will my dad. I have so many other ways he shows up through people and this bird. Communicating with me in the ways he can now. I miss him dearly, but feel peace because of this one divine little intervention in time. Between life, death, spirit, animals, and everything in between. Lindsay Hare is a creative entrepreneur and founder of Inside Outside. She is a storyteller and brand builder for female founders at the intersection of wellness and social change. A forever student, Lindsay's curiosity and passion for knowledge drive her everyday studies from herbalism to psychology. She lives in upstate New York with her cat Milo. Our tarot card pull for today's story is the justice card which is interesting to ponder because it is the opposite of what the situation is. When we lose someone, it never feels just. But this card represents balance and bringing the scales into balance. And grief can really tip the scales. And the peacock is spirit, the universe, and the passing loved one's gift to bring back hope, even in the midst of sadness. Something maybe you can only feel when you have experienced such a devastation. It is also a part of life, as Lindsay mentioned, and the peacock is the beauty that came from it and rebalanced it a little bit. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Mondays Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. Stay with us as we bring you our second story for today's episode. This is Imani of Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast, inspiring curiosity and magic through storytelling of modern mystic living. With our second story for today's episode, written by host Imani Quinn, titled Be Careful What You Manifest, You Just Might Get It. It was summer 2016, and I went to a day party with my friend in LA. It was hot, the soca music was vibing. Everyone was dressed for the gods, hips were winding, and the sun was beaming down on all of the melanin in the room. My friend who invited me as a musician intended to move with other musicians and DJs in LA. I'm not a musician myself, but call it an affinity due to my dad being a musician, being raised around them, and being a dancer. It's an innate love that I have with music. There was a musician playing along with one of the Afrobeats. She had brown skin, a bit of androgynous look curly hair pulled back. I remember saying to my friend, who is she? My friend responded, oh yeah, that's Ira. She's super talented. I've been working with her. I remember being in awe of her energy and coming from a background in West African dance. The beat is rhythmic, like a heartbeat. They automatically make my feet start moving and my knees give in a little. I didn't fully catch her name or anything else about her. I let it go. A month passed. It was still summer and I was looking at one of the major performance centers for dance shows to go to. As a dancer, I love watching performances for inspiration, and I was still teaching dance at this time in my life, so it was one of my favorite things to go to. I found a show happening with dances from across the globe, and there would be a musician joining one of the dance groups for their performance. You guessed it, the musician was Ira. Now that she had come up twice, I was curious about her, so I looked up her website. She was impressive, educated, talented, and had a hunger for social activism in life. What really stood out to me was that she was into the metaphysics and law of attraction, which was rooted in everything my oracle cards and intuitive mother had taught me. That was the thing that did it. I was interested. Now, when I use the word interested, it's a slippery slope. I was interested in her as a person, drawn to her energy, completely based on vibration and frequency. Now, I was also a bit curious in her androgyny and found myself attracted to her. I had a bad breakup with an ex-girlfriend less than a year before this, so having a crush on an unattainable woman was exactly what I needed, to feel safe about admiring a woman from afar, not actually having to move through the anxieties that heartbreak brought up for me from my breakup. So I daydreamed about how compatible her metaphysical ideations were and how much her music was a rhythmic harmony to my background in dance, just like a middle school nostalgic celebrity crush. At the time, I was also starting my own fashion company, rooted in multicultural awareness through textiles and creative avant-garde videos. As I began collaborating with other artists, I would choreograph pieces and have friends of mine that were musicians create original sounds that would go along with my movements. And we'd create short films. It was a way to amplify my voice as a creative on my own terms. I thought about how cool it would be to get to collaborate with Ira. I didn't know exactly how, but I would envision certain aspects of it. When I say envision, it was like, channeling or downloading images that came from my spirit guides. I would see us in the forest, music playing, dancing, really cool African printed pieces. As I allowed these images to come to life in my imagination, I didn't realize what I was doing was creative visualization for manifesting. And what I didn't realize was that I was calling it into my frequency. Months passed again and it was Halloween night. An acquaintance of mine was hosting an event catered to artists. I begged a friend of mine to join me, who was also an avid dancer. I told her, come on, we can just stay by the DJ and dance, and then we can go home. She agreed. We got to the venue and it was pretty empty on the dance floor, which was great for us. That meant more room to play. The DJ was Ira's DJ and producer. I recognized her face. I paused for a moment, let out an internal, huh, and kept it moving. Dancing, dancing, and dancing. Then in walked Ira. My brain went, oh shit, I'm a cancer on the cusp of Leo. So when I'm dancing and in full artist mode on the stage, I feel radiant and all Leo vibes. But when I'm around new people, I'm a full-blown shy cancer. So this was an odd pairing. Dancing in my glow, yet horrified and shy because now I needed to avoid eye contact with Ira. She came up to the DJ, we'll call her Helena, and she began dancing. Just me, my friend, and Ira dancing. 45 minutes went by, but it may have well been an eternity. I knew the universe did this on purpose. I mean, what are the chances that she would be at this event and were the only ones on the dance floor? She was a faraway crush, a dream collaboration, nestled in fantasy, not reality. But the joke was on me because here she was less than 10 feet away. After 45 minutes, I talked myself up and knew that I would be so disappointed with myself if I didn't at least say hi. So I did a little two step over to her and said, hi, my name is Imani. Within seconds, she was asking me what I do and suggested that I dress her in my new brand for one of her shows or something. What? Had she been fishing around in my fantasy land? How did she know? I didn't even ask. Because when the universe has granted one of your wishes, that's how it be. You don't even have to ask. It'll be offered with ease. We exchanged information and met up a couple weeks later after she was back from the leg of her tour. At her first meeting, she asked me, so what would be the best collaboration for you? I had no idea, but I did remember that vision I had, so I went with that and trusted my gut. After meeting, she continued to text me, suggesting ways to present my work and inviting me to a talk of hers. I wanted to stay business-focused, especially since I had worked her up in my head so much, I had her on a pedestal, and I really wanted this to work. But I couldn't help but notice how much attention she put on me. After inviting me to her talk, she greeted me at the end, and she called me Bebe, which would turn out to be a very popular way to relate to our friends when saying baby. But of course, I read into it. In the flirtation at our shoot, we listened to Afrobeat on the way to the forest location, and the lyrics were along the lines of, Girl, I want to marry you. You know I got my eye on you. Listen to an old-school Afrobeat song, and it's about marrying the girl or some version of it. Before exiting the car, she made a flirtatious joke about, "'Girl, you know I got my eye on you.'" After the shoot was over, communication pretty much ceased, and she was off again on tour. One evening, I was on Instagram and had noticed that she unfollowed me. I was so heartbroken and confused to go from adorned to ghosted. But it was just business, right? This is where the fantasy world I created, the pedestal I put Ira on, and reality all met, and it was brutal. It was three in the morning, and I was festering with my thoughts, so impulsive, I sent her a long email asking her what her actions meant. The next day she called. I ignored the call because I couldn't believe what I had just done. And she called again, so I answered. She apologized if I had mistaken her actions, and I accepted quickly. I was so embarrassed, I couldn't wait to get off the phone. Months passed, and I couldn't even think about what happened. I was plagued with embarrassment and shame for a long time. Eventually, her birthday came, and I got an invite to a public event celebrating her. And I told myself, okay, this is it. You gotta say face. So I went, and I approached her and said hello. And she was gracious, smiled, gave me a hug, and said hello back. But it was awkward. Little did I know, we would continue to have these types of encounters as our work would put us in the same place on a few occasions. Funny enough, I ended up becoming friends with her DJ and producer, Helena. By the time we became friends, I brought her in on a project and she wasn't working with Ira anymore. It took me eight months to open up and tell her the story, but it was really healing and she validated me. It helped me release some of the shame around putting myself and my honesty out there. My connection with Helena was divinely placed by the universe and helped me heal, and we grew our own reason for being friends that created space for new beginnings. The moral of the story is, be careful what you wish for, because the universe just might give it to you. And will you be prepared to embrace it when it comes? Always dream big, but remember that when it arrives, you need to be ready. Since that first magical encounter on Halloween night, I have had many quantum manifestations come to life. Book deals, entertainment work, other collaborative wishes come true. But that will always be the first metaphysical law of attraction that changed my perspective on reality ira blew up my version of reality she showed me that dreaming can be real that law of attraction is what brought our chance encounter and to not hold someone on a pedestal it just gives them room to fall down be an equal just as you are our tarot card pull for today's story is the six of wands which is a beautiful acknowledgement that not only did i manifest what i had envisioned but i worked for it When the opportunity and the moment arised, I too was just as worthy as the one I was looking at, Ira. And in the end, the Six of Wands is a reminder that it was a successful experience and to take the compliment that it was. Today's story is sponsored by Mystic Monday's Tarot Deck and can be purchased at mysticmondays.com, Amazon, and Barnes & Noble. That's it for today. If you enjoyed our guest story, you can catch us fireside with the author on IG Live. At Imani Rachel Quinn on Instagram. And if you feel inspired to share your own mystical story, you can share with us on our website at ImaniQuinn.com at the submission link under Modern Mystic Chronicles podcast. Big love, Imani.